This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Tammy here. I am on set in Vancouver. So this is probably going to sound terrible. But whoopsie-daisy, this is the best I can do. So sorry, Jordan. Hey, today on the podcast, ER Fightmaster. So excited to have this chat. Of course, you know ER from Grey's Anatomy, which is so fucking cool. Um, hey, speaking of something entirely different, do you want to come see me uh, perform in San Francisco or Seattle or Chicago? I will be in San Francisco on November 12th. I will be in Seattle, November 20th, and I'll be in Chicago, December 30th and 31st. CameronEsposito.com for tickets. Oh, I love you. Goodbye. We don't know each other. No. It's nice to meet you. Hi, nice to meet you. It feels weird that we don't know each other. I know. I The gay world is so small that I... Um, I actually feel like we do know each other. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I actually feel like I, I know most other queers on the planet. And whenever we meet each other, there's kind of that, that shorthand of like, no, actually, we're family. Totally. Or I, we've I, dated. It's we're simply just or we've surprising dated. because I know, and not just being queers, but I just mean, I feel like we've been at the same place, but five minutes later. You know what I mean? So anyway, yeah. the, like, <laughs> like the plot of the movie Serendipity which is the most annoying movie on the planet. Do you remember this movie? It's no. like, it's like, okay, so whatever. It's a rom-com where the whole point of it is that they keep missing each other. Like they do the thing where like one of them gets into one door of the cab while the other one gets out of the other door of the cab, which is my least favorite trope in a, in a rom-com. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. We Let's, have actually been in the same building at one point. I do know that. I remember have, it have being we? in Chicago. Yes. I remember being in Chicago. Maybe honest to God, seven years ago, like a long time ago, and being in a coffee shop and actually walking out as you were walking in. And I remember being like, oh, I think that's... I don't know that that happened, but I know that that happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You were right. You were absolutely right. Yeah, Yeah. it was the one, it was the coffee shop right underneath of the um, the L um, uh, on the blue line. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. I can't believe that it's taken this long to really get down to brass tacks. And here we are, finally doing the thing. Yeah, finally, absolutely. I had to create this whole podcast for years to be able to circle back around and talk about this exact moment. This is is the culmination of all of this. Yeah. (laughs) So you're having a, okay, where do I want to go from that? Because it's like, yes, aware of you circling each other, orbiting each other, popping into each other's life. But it does mm-hmm. seem like the last 18 months, two years, when did mm-hmm. you start on Grace? I don't know when your character premiered, but it feel, it's like a year ago? Maybe? Um, about, literally a year ago, I think almost yeah. to the day. Yeah, a year ago. So that feels like that's been, just from the outside, a pretty significant mm-hmm. change in your like visibility and your what's going on in your life kind of a thing. Is that accurate? 
It's very accurate. It's been a huge shift. Um, I mean, it's really exciting. And they have such like a massive fan base. Like I just went on a trip to Italy with my mom this summer and my mom got off the plane and was like, no one's going to recognize you here. Hope you're used to that. The minute we got through security, it was like, because they, I guess it had just aired in Italy. And so I'm not like, I did the show Shrill before this on Hulu, which was like, I think a favorite amongst like other comedians. Right. But I'd never done anything that was like a favorite amongst like the general population. And that Actually, is I can really, Grey's. I can really relate to this. I mean, Grey's is like a huge, huge show, but I can relate to this because, and Shrill, Lindy West, Lindy West mm-hmm. show, like, Lindy is a, just as a person, so um, like important. She's done such important work, but she's mm-hmm. kind of like somebody that if you know about her, it kind of means a whole bunch of things about yeah. how you might've ended up knowing about her, right? Um, and the same thing with that show. And I feel like that's been true of a lot of work that I've done in the comedy world where it's like, it's kind of an opt-in situation to have reference points for all this stuff. But right now I'm on an ABC drama um, called a million little things. And it is yeah, so I've been funny. About that. It is so funny. The people that want to talk to me about a million little things. Cause it's people that have like no idea that I have ever done like, had anything a job before. before. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's, and that's fine. It's not like a, there's no problem with that, but I just mean, it's like, Oh yeah, these are not the same. This is not the same community. Like You're this is totally real right. folks did not watch Grey's Anatomy or like some, but the grace, it's different to, to, to just be in something like that. I, I, I can't think, even imagine what it's the it's idea like. of overnight success is like not honest. You know what I mean? Like, and I think right. we're seeing that in that comedy way of we have both done a bunch of stuff before we've both been working for a long time. Like, you know, yeah. we've both been in the comedy scene at least for a long time. And so, but there is this idea amongst the people that like watch that grace that I had this, like, I came out of the woodwork, man. And it's like, no, no, I've I've been in the woodwork. Like I've been working. I was gonna I say work in the wood, but that didn't feel honest. No, I I wanted you to say that, and I can't believe yeah. you, know, you didn't. It's <laughs> devastating. But I'm glad you said that you wanted to say it. Uh, How is working there? on a million a million things, a million little things? It's really good. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I don't know what your experience is like on Grey's, but I will say, being on a fucking network drama is a dream come true because mm-hmm. I'm the funniest person they've ever mm-hmm. met. They are, they all have like a zillion skills that I do not have, but, but, you know, I've been working with like other dickheads for my entire career where (laughs) everything's so stressful and everybody's like topping each other and everybody cracks a smile. And it's like, and then I was very intimidated to join this show because everybody has like serious, like acting chops. And I was just like, how am I going to blend with this crew? But it turns out they're not funny the same yeah. way that I am. And so it's like, I get to have my little shining moment and then yeah. they all do what they can do. And mm-hmm. it's really, and I, I'm like learning so much from them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you bring a different energy to set. I'm sure that I like, I feel like a celebrity amongst cele- like actual celebrities at Grey's just cause like I come in and I'm like, and everyone laughs and it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, is this why I'm here? Like, I feel like I was like hired as like the set Labrador retriever. You know what I mean? Totally. Wait, I want to ask you some questions about that. Here, here are the questions. Was there a time, and maybe you, you can be like, I don't know if I, I think this is fine to talk about, but like, was there a big time, was there a time in your life when you were a huge Grey's fan? Like early, like in its giant long run, 
Was there a time when it was really important to you? Did that, did you ever have that time? I remember the show coming out and I remember watching like maybe the first season or so with my mom, just because it was such yeah. like a massive cultural yes. phenomenon. Like, yes. But, uh, but to be honest with you, like my real big dykey answer is that I was playing sports when that time was, when Grey's was out. So I was like busy all the time. And so uh, there is not a show on earth that I could possibly watch for 19 seasons which actually is what is one of the things that impresses me most about our fan base is like mo- more than more often than not, I meet people who have watched the show all the way through four or five times. So I had probably seen the first season like you uh-huh. when it was like a cultural phenomenon that you couldn't Fresh. avoid. Yeah. And then I didn't watch it for a really long time. And then when I was going through a divorce, there were like two shows I could watch that made me feel okay about my life. One was The Sopranos. Yeah. Because it was so violent. I would sleep to yeah. it. I would put it on while I went to sleep overnight. Oh. And it somehow just calmed. Like, that's how I was doing. I was like, just the sound of murder was allowing <laughs> me to get through the night. And the other one was Grey's. And the reason I could watch Grey's is because so many terrible mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. are happening to these people. Yeah, that I actually time. felt like I would be fine. Like, I'd be like having a panic attack. But it pop on Grey's and it's like, oh, it's like, there's a fairy accident, you know, like, just put it in perspective, Cam, like, you're like, you're chill. Like, it's fine. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. And if, if they can survive the fairy accident, <laughs> I mean, most of them won't, but you can survive a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody's in a plane crash. Like, just this, like, so everything has happened. I just everything. saw the promo for a new episode of Grey's where, that I'm not in. And it, and it, they're like, you're going to do the, the amputation. And I seriously was like, what the fuck is going on, man? This show is violent. But I do think that's why people watch it. I think people are like, oh, this is worse than my life (laughs) yeah it's great like that's so helpful and fun you know yeah it's worse than your life and also hornier than your life like they they're like oh we're gonna kill everyone but they're all gonna be fucking (laughs) 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 you know what that's right actually i don't our lives are very very horny no it is horny in that like just from a from like a cleanliness perspective Mm -hmm. they're having sex everywhere and it feels like all of that has to be sterilized like this is it seems antithetical to what i imagine is actually necessary for a hospital i've been to a hospital there's not a a part of my body that wants to fuck when i'm in a hospital but i'm excited for all the my friends that are apparently in this hospital having sex all the time uh amazing um (laughs) What about, okay, here's another question that I'm going to ask you specifically about Grace. Cause you like, you're doing love scenes. You have, you have uh, mm-hmm. make out time and body kissing and things. Oh, yeah. uh, and is that something you had done before? I, you know, on Shrill, I had done some love scenes before, but it was love scenes light. And it was, it, like Grey's just takes it to a whole nother level, especially the fact that it's on network TV it takes it to a different level. You know what I mean? There's nothing like art house about it. They're like, they, like you have conversations beforehand. They're like, don't thrust more than three times. You know what I mean? Like there are rules to network sex and also what you can show. But you're like, you know, like for our, uh, the character Amelia Shepard and my character, we have this big sex scene. We were virtually naked for that scene. Like we're in like nude underwear and like pasties. And, but you only see like a beautiful, like, like back shot or like a kissing of the cheek. But like the actors are like 
full ass naked. So there is an intensity to it for sure. And how is that for you? Well, I I absolutely love the woman I play across from. Um, I mean, she's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> she's a, she is even more amazing in real life. She's like truly the best. And so we've had a really fun time doing it. But I can't imagine what it would be like if it was like, I can't actually imagine what it would be like to do it with like a stranger that came onto set. You know, there's people that like are lead shows and they like fuck somebody in a bus stop as like a plot point. And you're like, holy shit. Like those real actors had to get like fucking naked and hump each other over totally. and over and over again. But yeah, no, uh, Katarina Scorsone and she's great. She's great. She Do seems great. Like from just her presence out in the, the world. world. Um, so that's great. Uh-huh. I, yeah, that's so funny. I had to do my first love scene uh, was it? with with Grace, my co-star, day one of us oh. meeting each other. Holy shit. Because we shoot in Canada. So we had met on Zoom a bunch of times, but we had not met in person. And what was, can I ask what the details of the sex were supposed to be? I'm sure, did you have an intimacy coordinator? First question. No, we did not have an intimacy coordinator. Okay. Just to... Move yeah. on from that. But. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Just a smile between pals. I hear you loud and clear. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it was our first day on set. And, or it was my first day on set. I mean, she's been a part of the show. For, but it was my first day on set. And mm-hmm. uh, we were doing a bunch of like kind of emotional scenes. There were two or three really emotional scenes. And then the last scene of the day was uh, like a sex scene. And did you feel um, like you worked your way up to it? Like, did you have the fucking like? I'm glad that the sex scene wasn't like hello, (laughs) immediate (laughs) sex scene. But I will say that, like, I because I'm trying to think if like that was my first. I think I only worked one day that episode. Is that possible? Holy, like, is it possible? I like flew in, had a wardrobe fitting, did that day, and then flew back to LA. It might be possible. Was it like a 16 hour day? Yeah. And I was Holy losing God. my mind. You, you know, probably I just, did. Like the, the amount that I was like vibrating just <laughs> as I like left set, just like, because everything had happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's like intense. The shit, the shit really is intense. intense. Your really, stuff what looks was, beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Well, we were really lucky. We got to shoot with Peter Page, who was uh, on the original. Oh, I, uh, I like know Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, what is that? It's an iconic gay show. Queer um, Thank you. Yes, he, he was on Queer as Folk and he came and, and shot us for that episode. And he made everything like so fun. Um, and so that was really nice. And we were like, I, I, the, the, everybody wants to know what song we were listening to while we recorded that. I'm going to give that to you because we haven't told anyone yet. We were, we were listening to Harry Styles. We were listening to Adore You. Oh my god! And so it was like we're like shooting this big sex scene, and Peter's like, "We need music!" And so we put on "Adore You," and we're just playing "Adore You" over and over again while we like slam each other into walls and then on the bed. And like, it was a very fun day, but it was I think it was especially fun because the director was also queer, and so there's that innate safety I think that does come with that. And it was he was so playful that we just couldn't get in our own heads, like we couldn't get in our way, and. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a real blast. Yeah, I mean, that's that's amazing. I, the that that sex scene I'm talking about was was shot by a woman, actually, like uh, Joanna Kearns, who's a producing director on my show. And the reason I say this is because she is one of the first women who like 
you know, she was a network TV star herself and then mm-hmm. switched to being a director in the 90s when like cool. that was not a thing. So it was very interesting to have a woman direct that because mm-hmm. I think, I mean, and also a woman who's like been working in TV that long and, and had experience in front of the camera. Um, but like, I don't know. It's, I mean, my, the, the, one of the directors who directed the, like a serious sex scene I did on Shrill was Carrie Brownstein. Mm. And so that was also, I think, one of those experiences where you're like happy to have a woman there, happy to have a queer there. And you have somebody who's, who knows what it's like to be in front of the camera for that stuff. And yeah, there's just, and obviously Peter's the same thing, like knows what it's like to be in front of the camera. I mean, he kind of jokingly said to us, like, I've been naked on set so many times that we weren't even like we weren't even wearing underwear anymore we were just kind of walking around like everyone had seen it so what is there to hide and I do think I did actually by the end of the day get to that point on the gray set where it was just like I mean like all these all the people that are shooting this and are helping make this I've like kind of agreed that we're at this like in in this like very wonderfully sexist way all of them are just trying to make it look as beautiful as possible they're not looking at me you know what I mean? Like, there's no actual, there's no, like, eyes on me from any of the guys that are holding, like, the the lights or anything. And so we were kind of just walking around in these nude little panties, <laughs> making fake sex. Here's another thing that is interesting to me about your coupledom, um, is the height discrepancy. Because I am also currently in a, in a, like, height discrepancy uh, co-star couple on my show. She How tall races- are you? I'm 5'4". She's 5'10 or 11. Oh my God. Yeah. She's tall. (laughs) And I'm a little guy. Wow. I didn't think I realized you were a little guy. I'm a little guy. (laughs) 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 I'm a little guy. Yeah. I love a little guy. Yeah. Because you're like what? What are you? I'm six foot one. I was, okay. I was going to say you're 5'11". But yes, you're 6'1". Okay. Yeah. And then. Katarina is 5'4". Yeah. Yeah. It's not so different. It's yeah. not so different. Um, we we do we do have her. Does she get up on the little box? She gets up on the little box. <laughs> I love it. I love when when they have to get up on the little box. I, I, I mean, for mine, sometimes they just have it's like it's like Grace will have to be like leaning against the wall in like a significant way. Yeah, or like something really funny, or like you know if if it's if we're not in the exact same shot, you don't always mm-hmm. notice, but then we will be sometimes. And it's very funny. And here's why I think this is, it's interesting to talk about is because like, there's, because of the queerness of all of it, uh-huh. like, because we don't know how queer, I mean, it's, yes, it's, you know, even Grace has been doing this forever, but like, we still don't have every type of representation on TV. And so like the stuff that gets through first is like, I don't know. Yeah. Same height, long hair, like uh-huh, two uh-huh. cis long haired, same heights, you know, like yes. that's what will get through first or whatever. The L word. Yeah. The whole L word. The whole L word. Exactly. Yeah. And so now we're like at this next iteration of what else could things look like? And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, how, does it's that... very, it feels romantic to me. Like I, I like seeing, I like it because it feels so in a way that I think is actually subversive it is the way that we have shot hetero couples for so long. Like the camera is pointing up at me, the camera's pointing down at her. And we're kind of, it's kind of taking out that idea that that 
that queer couples can't have that kind of romance. Like you're mm-hmm. right. They always do the in queer pairings. I feel like the the way to that has it's been safe in hetero minds is to be like that. Well, they're same people, same parts. They should look the same. And it's just like, well, more often than not, that's not actually what queer couples are doing. So it feels good to be like her big, massive boyfriend in a queer way. <laughs> and her, you know what I mean? And be- also because she's more powerful than me on the show. Right. Like she is, she is like, she is smarter, honestly to God in real life and more established in real life. And, and, and in the show. And so there's even the size difference of me being the big, big looming boyfriend and her being this powerful little neurosurgeon, I think is subversive. Like all of it is very like pleasing and romantic to me. Well, that's interesting. I mean, the other thing I guess I'd add to that is um, because, because she's the established character. Mm -hmm. You're, you were brought always when somebody is the established character and then somebody's being brought on They're not always, but most often they're being brought on as like the object of mm-hmm. that person's affection. Like, like you're the object, I'm the object as, and because we're, because we're going to be looking through Amelia, Shep- Amelia Shepard's eyes. Cause like mm-hmm. that's who we're familiar with. Right. Um, and that to me is also interesting in like where we are, I guess. And one reason I was so excited to talk to you because I don't feel like people that are in our space in the gender spectrum mm-hmm. have gotten to be the object mm-hmm. of very often. I feel like, you know, the objectifier or like the, the, like the love, the, the, the lover, like, but mm-hmm. not the, you know, the chaser or whatever, but not necessarily the object. And it's yes. been very fucking wild to have that experience on set because it makes me realize like how I, don't even think about myself that way and like how I had to do some like growth like personal growth because I was acting things that I was like oh I don't let myself feel this or like I don't expect this from people I expect to be the person in pursuit which is like based on some fucked stuff I know exactly what you mean jackets I own yes yeah (laughs) I do know what you mean there there is a well, and I feel like last season, season 18, I feel like they did a really good job. It, it's it's a lighting difference um, most of the time. So I feel like when they introduce a love interest to one of these established characters, they light you in these really beautiful ways because they are showing, they ha- they have to show the audience why you are actually deserving of this established characters like love and affection. And that is kind of like, it's like nice to see yourself in that way. It's like nice to just be like lit in this like golden light and be seen through love goggles. Cause I do feel like, you know, maybe for lack of better terms in this moment, but like, anything mask of center you you don't get that kind of like pretty attention all the time like you're right you are the pursuer and so it is nice to just be treated like in kind of in kind of a beautiful powerful way like objectified yes in in a way that I don't think you're right like I I I I felt like the side character in a lot of ways on other things and on this I really felt like this object of love I mean, I, that's why I use the word object too, is like, I don't, I don't think in this case it's negative because Mm -mm. I have been objectified my whole life in a, like, you know, heteronormative, like patriarchal, like, of course I've been Mm -hmm. objectified. I mean, I don't, there was a time also when I didn't like present this way and 
Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't think I was necessarily nailing woman, but <laughs> some men seemed to think that that was fine. Um, and, and not that they couldn't, but I just mean like, that's not who I was. I was, I've gotten the only times I've been objectified. I didn't want to be. There we go. I That's the easiest completely way know exactly what you mean. I literally, <laughs> it happened to me the other day and I was like, enough away with you. Like, stop. <laughs> You're not reading any signals at all. Like, please, I've got overalls on. Get out. Like, was, <laughs> I literally was like getting ready to paint my apartment and uh, like in work mode, getting ready to paint my apartment. Like there's not a butcher person on the planet than me when I'm like ready to get a task done. I got flirted with and was like <laughs> repulsed by it. And I was like, oh, I forgot <laughs> actually what this felt like to be flirted with by a man, which is actually it's not flirting. It's more like, I think you pretty, even though you look queer, I will turn you out, little girly. And it's like, no, I actually don't like that energy at all. So, so please feels, leave me alone. That feels yeah. pretty unsafe to me, yeah. you know, like it feel, and it also just feels like, I think the way I, I feel so many different ways. One is like, wait, does this person not know? And what's going to happen when they find out? And I'm yes. like, am I like in actual danger? Mm-hmm. Or it's like, oh, this person knows. And now what I like, am I going to be a dickhead or like, you know, it's just, it's just so much pressure. So anyway, to be in a situation where it's like the type of person that I would want to see me that way. Yes. Um, and to realize that like, I've just been limiting myself or, or like, not, it's not all on me. It's fucking culture, man. But, mm-hmm. um, look, I guess what I'm saying is babies could love boys too. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is it fun to be boyfriend, but hot, yeah, it's in hot way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, especially I, you know, that show is famous for like, I think it's famous for the female perspective in such a great iconic way. You know, the whole show is through Meredith Grey's eyes and has been for so long. And so all of the love interests have been shot in this way of like, mm-hmm. you know, for a mostly female or queer audience like here's this beaut the next beautiful thing you get to look at now i will say if you pay attention in like a, a like in an art way to the way that it it progresses over the course of time i feel like the the boyfriends to leads they start to lose lighting and so and and in this way that i think is actually purposeful where it's like we want to um after we've introduced you as the object of love, now we want to focus on how you make your lead glow. Mm-hmm. And so as seasons go on, we have to refocus our eyes on the lead to be like, because then if we also need to be, we we are like attuning ourselves to the lead. So if the lead then starts get getting lit darkly while we're with the boyfriend, we know the boyfriend's on his way out. If the lead is still set golden while the boyfriend is with you, then then the relationship is good for her. You know what I mean? It's it's like training the audience to be attuned to who actually matters, which is the woman that you are serving when you are the hired boyfriend gun. <sighs> horny stuff. Really horny stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. 
The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! How do you feel about people being horny toward you? How's that going? I'm a really, um, I'm a forever horny person. I, I think <laughs> we are here to be horny and I can't imagine why you'd want to be any other way. So when people, uh, actually I've got like all these, these, these fans from Grays that will like go back and forth from being like daddy to being like there's they make me feel so comfortable and I think that's exactly what the vibe I'd like to be read for like I'd like to be read as like this person makes me feel horny and safe (laughs) great balance uh, a little dangerous so I don't feel boring but but I'm safe what about you how do I feel about it Uh uh-huh how do you feel about it? I feel like you've always had that kind of energy of like, I mean, I, and talk about, talk about a fucking famous iconic haircut. You've had the most iconic like gay haircut of all time. I remember that. I remember the whole fucking go of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen every stage of this hair so far, loving where it's at right now. But Your you've got the really horny thing. Thank you. I'm trying to think of like when I started, when I started doing stand up specifically, because like I started in improv, but like that, is nothing in terms of this conversation. Like, I just feel mm-hmm. everybody was like, you're a penguin. Also give me a blowjob. Like, it was like, just, it was so yeah. like, everything was so, it was so wrong. It's just like not going well in terms of how I wanted to be seen, like you're talking about. But then when I started doing stand up, I mean, I think, I think I was attempt. I mean, I literally named an album same sex symbol because I was like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm trying to do. A great but, name. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like, I also felt a little bit like I was inventing what that might look like because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to oversell my importance, but truly like people above me age wise or in stand up, like there, there's a couple generations above me where like, uh, you know, like the Ellen Rosie type mm-hmm. gen, like they just unsexed themselves. Right. And then mm-hmm. there's like they generations had to for that. They had to. Yeah, right. exactly. So then there's like a generation in the middle, maybe like a TIG generation where mm-hmm. like, I mean, for a long time, TIG just didn't talk about personal stuff. Like mm-hmm. that was just like a choice. So there wasn't really anybody that I looked to that I thought was saying they were sexy. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't feel like it was, it, it was like a political choice because I felt mm-hmm. like, you know, as a comic, you can also just be like schlubby or whatever, you know, there's, there's like a lot of things you can decide that's what you're doing but um i was like i think sexy is what i want to do not that i like knew how to do that or had any fucking money for clothes or wasn't wearing a sweater fest <laughs> from the gap like i didn't fucking it's not like it was like it's, i don't know it's not it's, it's it felt impossible well, first but of all, you did a great job <laughs> you did a great job and i think you're absolutely right i think it was it's it is a political statement like now it feels very commonplace to be like, I'm a hot and horny queer. I think that's like what the, our, our current queers are leading with. And I love it. 
Yeah. But I do, I do remember it feeling different like five years ago, eight years ago of, yeah. of coming out and, and being in the comedy community and being like, no, 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 I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not actually going to make all these jokes about how grotesque I am because I'm not grotesque. Like, yeah. and being gay is not grotesque. And so I'm going to flirt with the entire audience. And while I'm flirting with the whole audience, they're going to be laughing. And I understand that we've had to like, in some ways make ourselves really like safe by making ourselves like sexless. But like, I don't care about you feeling that kind of safety around me. And the the fact of the matter is I do think our audience responded to it. Like, I think an audience wants to have that kind of relationship with the the person on stage where that person feels good and that person feels confident because then the performer is doing a better job. And it's not even, it's not in this massive vain way. It's like, um, what kind of energy do I want to give my audience? I want to give my on my my honest, like proud, most joyful energy, and that includes me being a horny little fucker. Yeah, totally. I mean, also, I mean, we can have a whole side conversation about how it's like dom sub play that With is the happening audience? on 100%. stage. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, like the idea, you know, I again, I think somebody can set can can own as their like thing they're putting out there like I don't care about clothes or something like that and ha- and still have that be mm-hmm. a dominant position um but it has to be a dominant position so whatever mm-hmm. it is has to be a position of like extreme confidence yeah and that's why I think especially at the time you're talking about for queers it was like I'm disgusting and that didn't feel in that moment to me like a position of dominance. I actually yeah. think now it could be because things have changed so much. We can yeah. like, and actually, you know, let's, it's like Sarah Squirm exists. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're like in that zone. Uh-huh. But I think for a while that was not, you, it's like those, it was antithetical. You, like yeah. for a second, they couldn't exist at the same time. But you um, have to be going, it's it what well, it's countercultural, right? Like yes. right now exactly. we, we are starting to associate queers with like hot, cool, like subculture that's rising to the top. And so now it is subversive to do, to come out there and be like, fuck you. I don't have to be fucking sexy or hot for anybody. Exactly. Like that is, but you know what yes. I mean? It's, 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 we're at a different point now where we are realizing that we actually do get to and have a responsibility to show off every version of queer. Totally. And I, I'm very grateful. Like so much has changed in a 10 year period when it comes yes. to representation. And yeah. I do, we, we had, we did have to fight for it, but we are here. Totally. I mean, I guess, yeah, disgusting is like a privilege. To to be disgusting <laughs> yeah. and dominant is a privilege, as opposed yeah. to like disgusting. Don't look at me. Yes, um, yes. Well, I want to ask you. Oh, go ahead. Please go ahead. I was. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you about your hair, mm-hmm. um, because also for, um, it's just something you know that I think is like worth discussing because mm-hmm. for what's going on for you gender wise, and then how open you are about it, and how it's like mm-hmm. part of what you're bringing into your work. Uh, I think there are a lot of actors who are now able to have something that like we, that culture recognizes as like a countercultural haircut, like mm-hmm. fucking shaved head or whatever it is. Um, and also it is also countercultural to like wear the hair that, that you have and be like, this is also a thing here, but it definitely seems 
like you've thought about it. Like, uh, it, like it for sure seems like it's a big thing. So I just wanted, I wanted you to talk about it a little bit. Well, like you, I've, I've had quite a hair journey. <laughs> I have like, I, I, when I first was like, kind of around the time that I was also realizing that I was like non-binary, a little trans mask, I started, mm-hmm. I like basically shaved everything off and I really had a good time with that haircut for a while. Um, but then during quarantine, like my hair started to grow out and what I actually am feeling about it right now is that it's really the energy that you have in your hair. Like it would be very easy for me right now to, if they wanted to give me a blowout with this hair and put a bunch of makeup on me to make me look very femme, like you could make this hair look very femme. But I think because I think like in my head, at least I'm it's I what I feel more like is a little grunge like it. I don't really style it like I am a I don't like I'm not a big shampoo condition person. I'm just like, this is my natural hair. This is my body. Everything about me is is intentional. Everything about me is naturally mine. And everything about me is like non-binary and mask. And I'm, I don't think that long hair is femme. Like, I don't think long hair is mask. This is just something that I wanted to show because on Shrill, I got to have short hair and I got to do that whole thing. And now I feel like I'm exploring what it looks like to be mask and have like kind of like a surfer haircut. You know what I mean? Like just really switching up the way that we show, like I'd actually like to have different hair for every role because I do think we're still in a representational phase of being like, this is what mask looks like. Okay, it can also look like this. It can also look like this. And I'd totally. like to be part of that discussion. Um, that's awesome. I mean, the only feedback I would give you is that I don't know that it looks so much surfer as it looks Elvis to me. Oh, Rod. <laughs> and by the way, Elvis is like, that feels really right. So, but yeah. like, if I will... I'll reapproach now and see if I can like. I like Elvis. Land on it because it's like part of the swoopy. You've like a, even with the long, there's a swoop still going on. Thank you. So yeah, I mean it's not. It's everything you're saying makes perfect sense to me. And actually, I have been wondering. I can't right now because of my job, Mm -hmm. but I've been wondering about growing my hair out myself Mm -hmm. for similar reasons because it was like. I don't know. I was like watching what King Princess was doing. I just was, I just have been watching mm-hmm. what people are doing and been like, yeah, all right. Curious, you know? Um, and, and like, was looking at pictures of Uncle Jesse, like, all right, like, it's yeah. not, you know, and I, so I do think that it's fun to think about, um, playing with well, stuff I, in an I don't know if way. you're like me, but like I, and he's controversial right now because he's not being a good guy. He's not What's been happening? a good guy. What did Brad I miss? Pitt. Um, I, oh, I was like, <laughs> oh, you're talking about Brad Pitt? Yes. Not, oh, not a Brad good Pitt. guy right now, but I'm yeah. not going to reference his personal life. I'm going to reference his hair. That to me, he was always an example of what kind of like a beautiful man could be. And so if you really look at, and I actually have, like I've been looking at his hair journey of going from like, here's the buzz, here's it short, here's it wavy, here's it long, here's it in a ponytail. And it's actually really helpful for me to see. Like, I, I think that I looked at a lot of men growing up and wanted that style and that fashion. So it's easy for me to mentally reference those guys and not feel like I'm I'm pulling a super femme look. And so I think because I'm referencing those guys in my head, that's the energy that I'm leading with. And we have this in common. Yeah, yeah. Who's your guy? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, Bowie. Yeah. Um, I, I think, but I mean, I, I did that when I was in high school, I cut out like pictures of men from magazines and mm-hmm. the whole back of my door in my bedroom is like, if you close it, it looked like I am a serial killer. Cause it was just like little <laughs> heads. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yeah. But, um, they were all like hot guys, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it was similar to what you're talking about. It was like a, it was like a Pinterest of like stuff I wasn't doing, but that I was curious about. And there were, yeah, I mean, you know, like, like the folks of that time that were doing that, multiple of them are now very problematic. Like, cause it was like Johnny Depp too. Yeah. But it, and it was like young Leo, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh and there, there was, but there was like some flopping. I mean, I, I have that hair now. Like I yeah. have like nineties Dawson Leary hair now. <laughs> and it's amazing to have arrived there. Uh, but I totally, I think maybe it's because of like, the AFAB nature of my body mm-hmm. and my experience, but I don't look at women sometimes like non-binary folks, but mostly men to understand how I want to look even yeah. to this day. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm not looking like the most the most that I look at um women is the women that I think are aging really well um in a very handsome way. I think Kate Blanchett is that for me. Robin Wright is that for me. And I think about like, okay, if I were ever to play um a she her character for some important role, how would I reconcile with myself and keep keep the keep basically keep my identity safe in my head? Well, these are two women that I reference that I'm like, okay, they're aging handsome. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? I, we do a lot of like bulletproofing. At least I do. We do a lot of bulletproofing in our heads to make sure that we are like respecting our own identity in a way that I think makes queer people inherently more interesting than straight people because we are constantly oh. like categorizing things and learning things about ourselves. But yeah. Here we are, Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. The the improv put out a clip of my doing stand up because I was going to do a show there, and they did this thing where it's like on Instagram. This is it's this is so boring, but it's going to make sense. Where it's like on Instagram reels, the two of us. You know, they did that thing where they were like tagged me so that we could both post it. And the uh-huh. only reason I'm saying this is because now I can see all the commenters, the commenters that would comment on something the Hollywood improv would post. Like uh-huh. that's not necessarily uh-huh. like my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody yesterday said like this person, and it's from years ago too. So I have like longer hair, the side mullet. And like, but I'm also like wearing like a tuxedo. And this, this person looks like, looks like half, like half a man and half a woman. And it was, I was like, congrats. I, literally, I was like, yeah. Like I just, and it was yeah. so like, I can't remember the, cause they wrote other, like, it was like, you know, there was like a gremlin emoji or like something, you know, there was something about the like, but of course conveyance. they meant it as like a fuck you, but we're like, yeah, okay, exactly. suck my dick. Yeah. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> but also like, I couldn't believe how fun it was that they got there. Like yeah. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got it. Okay. Now you understand. <laughs> Also, this person, like, they no, they actually nailed it. I love it when they're trying to be disrespectful. And you're like, no, that ruled. Thank you. Yeah, for, sounds right. I mean, that's what I, oh, I'm not crazy. That's what I see when I look at it. <laughs> I'm not. Um, okay. This stinks because I have to go 
I have to go. We have a short. I, I would like to session. apologize to our audience because we should have spoken for longer, but I had to restart with my computer, which if you haven't restarted your computer in a while, forget it. Forget it. Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> That's true though. Like, what about if you have to reset your phone? Do you know what oh, I mean? Or turn I, your I, phone off. What if you just have to turn your phone off? I haven't turned my phone off in 10 years. No, I know. So just it, I, I hope this doesn't happen to you, but you know, I would just throw is, it in a river. There is that mm. moment where for, for, for 15 seconds, it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can't survive that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the end times. <laughs> okay. So here's what I'm going to say. Huge congratulations on the new visibility that goes with the perseverance in the long career. And thank you. You too. Thank you. And you're doing Cheers. a fucking amazing job. And it's really nice to see it. Like I like to see it. It's nice for me. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm I'm happy to see our. I think the queers are. I think the queers are really coming up. I'm happy for us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you bet. Oh fuck! I forgot to d- wait. There's a question that I have yes, to ask. Oh, everybody. give it to me. I have to ask everybody to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel you could be who you are today. Do you have a queero? Um, my my queero today. I'm gonna say. Uh, my my first girlfriend, who I don't think I ever gave the credit that she was due, but I've been thinking about her a lot recently, and we dated as teenagers, and I think she saved my whole life. Wow. What's up, first girlfriend? Thank you for that. We're, Thank we're you, all first girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs>